Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in podcast listeners. We have got a loaded show for you again. All you need to do is uh, download the podcast as many of you have been doing. Give us a five-star review. We've got some five-star reviews for you if you've been listening to the podcast. We are right now as I speak the highest rated sports talk radio show in the entire country. Encourage you uh, to get out there and uh, and download and listen and share our show everywhere you go. Uh, and we got a loaded show for you. Jeff Schwartz will swing by, plus the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey. All that and more begins right now on the Outkick podcast. Enjoy. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. A lot to dive into today. Appreciate you guys spending your Wednesday morning with us. Dak Prescott going to be probably the biggest story of the day as the Dallas Cowboys have been negotiating with Dak Prescott for what feels like about two years now. And uh, there are reports now that nothing is going to happen in terms of a long-term extension for Dak. Uh, So at the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline today, Dak is expected to play the season on the one-year $31.4 million franchise tag. So what's interesting about this in particular is Dak played for four years under his rookie contract and only made $2.7 million. 
So right at 700000 a little bit less per year on average for a starting quarterback in the NFL is unheard of in terms of, uh, of what the deal is that the Cowboys got for him. And they were unable to really take advantage of that and go to the proverbial next level while they had all that additional money to spend on other talent. And if you're not sort of a capologist or someone who has spent a lot of time paying attention to this in the NFL, what the basically the goal has become in many ways, at least a big competitive advantage you can get is if you draft a young quarterback, they are paid so drastically below what market value is in the NFL that if you have a young quarterback under either the first round five years or even better, a four-year deal without them being a first-round pick, and they end up a stud, you get a major competitive advantage. And that, for instance, is what the Seahawks did when they went to the Super Bowl twice with Russell Wilson before they actually had to pay him $35 million a year. He wasn't able to stay healthy, but that's one of the advantages that the Eagles had with Carson Wentz when they were able to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, it was because they had Carson Wentz partly under a very affordable contract before he started to make $31 or $30 million plus. Jared Goff, look at what happened with the LA Rams who are now in salary cap prison because they had to pay Jared Goff a ton of money. But prior to giving Goff all of that money, they had him under a relatively cap-friendly situation even though he was the number one overall pick, but he led them to the Super Bowl. And so you look around the NFL, and certainly Patrick Mahomes is the most recent version of that, number 10 overall pick, but now he's making the most money in the history, arguably, potentially, we'll see, in all of American pro sports. And and prior to that, he was under his rookie contract, and the Chiefs went out and won a Super Bowl. So what happens kind of going forward is an intriguing question for the Dallas Cowboys. Are they really that far apart with Dak Prescott? Will Dak hold out? I, I, I don't really know why he wouldn't. To be honest, it's great to make $31 million in a year. Yeah, I don't think anybody out there is feeling sorry for him for this one-year deal. But if you factor in that he only made $2.7 million over the four years before and that the Dallas Cowboys set the precedent with Ezekiel Elliott that if you hold out, you get paid a massive amount of money even if you have an existing contract, I wouldn't blame Dak if he decides to hold out. Of course, this also raises the larger issue for the Cowboys, which is are they going to Kirk Cousins this situation in some way? By which I mean, if you remember what happened with Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins, Cousins, I believe, you guys can look this up and confirm it, Cousins was franchise tagged two years in a row by the Washington Redskins after uh, being unable to reach a long-term deal with the team. And then he just walked away and uh, the Redskins got nothing else. Now, the other question is, I'm not an expert on the franchise tag and we just don't see it happen that often for quarterbacks in general is there any prohibition on how many years in a row you can franchise tag a player now 
Uh, will one of you guys try to look that up for me? Because we've got several players that are going to be franchise tagged. None as big of a story as Dak. But for instance, Derrick Henry is getting $10.7 million. And if I remember correctly with Le'Veon Bell, they tried to franchise tag Le'Veon Bell back-to-back years in Pittsburgh. And he set out the entire season in order to try to become a, uh, a free agent. And I know, I believe I'm correct, that Kirk Cousins was franchise tagged back-to-back years, but that players obviously do not want to be franchise tagged ever, and they certainly don't want to be franchise tagged in back-to-back years. But the reason why, in case you're wondering out there, is if Dak got injured, and hopefully he doesn't, and he had a serious injury, let's say an Alex Smith-like injury uh, that uh, that left him very, very uh, substantially needing a long road to recovery and it isn't like he's going to be out uh, for only a few weeks or even for the remainder of a season then he would have no more guaranteed money and uh, he'd have to go out onto the market and he might never make the money that he otherwise would have uh, with uh, reports that the Cowboys have offered him over a hundred million dollars guaranteed and him not believing that that dollar figure the Cowboys have gotten to is worthy of what they are actually uh, uh, of paying him so that is the story there let me bring in the crew because I think this is also always interesting what would Dak be worth right now if he were on the open market because that's the big debate and I know there are a ton of cowboy fans out there uh, all over the country who who follow along I kind of feel like 31 million is about at the high end of what Dak would make period like if you look at Cam Newton and you look at Jameis Winston, and I know Dak is more accomplished right now than both of those guys, there was not a huge market in free agency for either. Andy Dalton is obviously his backup. We saw Teddy Bridgewater get around $20 million a year. How many teams would actually pay $30 million plus for Dak? I think that list is pretty low. I'm not sure there's any team in the NFL that would pay Dak Prescott on the open market much more than $30 million a year. Danny G, what is, what is Dak Prescott worth on the open market right now? Well, you've actually come up on your number because last offseason, I remember both you and Dub had him in the mid-20s. I think that Dak Prescott is somewhere around the 16th best quarterback in the NFL right now. Like if you were just, which makes him dead on average starter in the NFL. And I think if you were trying to sketch out the best case scenario for Dak, you'd probably be like, if you were his agent, you'd argue that he's top 10. And I'm sure the agent will argue he's top seven or eight because that's what agents do. Uh, And I think you could also argue that he's, that he's not, you know, that he's no better than 17 or 18 if you were trying to argue on the negative side. And I would put him right squarely at that, you know, 14, 15, 16 range in the NFL. There are a lot of guys I would rather have than Dak. Uh, There are a lot of guys I would would rather have with Dak than than, than not, right? So I put him right around average. But I don't think there are that many NFL teams that would break the bank for Dak Prescott if he suddenly were available. I, in fact, like right now, who can you point to and say, because remember, right now there are a lot of NFL teams that either have a guy they kind of believe in, 
and or hope is the future of the franchise, or they have a really young quarterback and the verdict is not in on them yet. How many teams can you point to and say, oh, they 100% desperately would need Dak Prescott? I, I just don't think they're very many, right? I mean, when you look around the league, and this is why Cam Newton had to take a million dollars. It's why Jameis Winston had to take a million dollars. There just aren't that many open jobs right now in the NFL where a team would say, yeah, we're really unsettled at the quarterback position. We're going to bring you in. We feel good about what Dak could do uh, for the overall franchise. And even the teams that are bad right now, they either have a quarterback who's still unproven or they've got a brand new quarterback that they're trying to hope is the long-range future of the franchise. But, I mean, you just look around the NFL right now. I, I legitimately don't know that there's any team that would say, we have to have Dak. Now, there's lots of, you know, like let's use the Denver Broncos example. There's lots of teams that think, hey, maybe this guy is going to be the long-range future of the franchise. I'm talking about Drew Locke. But there's not a certainty about it one way or the other. And maybe you could argue that John Elway is erratic as he's been with quarterbacks. Oh, he'd love to have a guy like Dak Prescott. But I think Bronco fans are hoping that, that Drew Locke can be a top 10 quarterback. And I just I can't think of a team that would break the bank right now to go out and sign Dak if he were a free agent. So I think what he's making this year in the uh, in the franchise tag is probably his ceiling. I, I don't think you could go much higher than that. It is right there in the ballpark. A year ago, I said 33 was the max I would give him. And so what, it's 31 and change? Yeah. He's going to be banking. So that's that's a good spot for him, which is why I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay that way. It's going to play out. And this is going to be his make it or break it season, if you will, for the Cowboys. He is in a unique position because – that Dallas Cowboy quarterback job is different from quarterbacking the rest of the league. You're dealing with Jerry Jones. Uh, you think back to his leadership with what happened during the whole anthem thing the first time around back in 2016, 2017. He handled that really well. He's been fabulous uh, off the field for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why you pay him, I think. Uh, by the way, I could mention the Jags. Uh, Jacksonville probably has the worst quarterback. Like, it's obviously possible that Gardner Minshew is going to be good. I think it's also possible that Jacksonville has the worst quarterback position of anybody in the NFL right now when you look at their situation. They don't really have the guy going forward, and maybe Gardner Minshew is that guy, but I would say most Jags fans probably – would be okay with Dak, but what's the dollar figure they would want him for? Uh, so I, I think probably Jacksonville is the wobbliest of all of the uh, starting quarterback situations right now. The Patriots certainly, but now they've got Cam Newton. I don't think there's uh, much uncertainty there. So I'd probably say the Jags are the weakest position of any anybody out there. And it looks like if things fall apart for the Jags, they may be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes uh, to potentially go in and uh, and draft him. Dub, what do you think about the value of Dak as we approach uh, this 4 o'clock Eastern deadline uh, when teams would have to get their contract talks finished? Well, I think the deal that he has on the table right now is probably the best he's going to get because like you mentioned, 
there's not a whole lot of teams out there that are dying to have a quarterback next season. Jacksonville's the obvious choice, but when you look at the history in recent times in the NFL, would Jacksonville rather sign Dak Prescott to $35 million a year or go draft a guy in the first round, maybe get Trevor Lawrence? There's no doubt. They would rather go into the first round. Every single team in the NFL would choose that route. So I think the market itself is not very big for Dak Prescott. And the fact that they signed Andy Dalton, I think, is a really key factor here because you look at the weapons that Dak has had over his career. He's had a top three offensive line. He's had a top three running game and a pretty good set of wide receivers and tight ends. I'm not so sure that... I mean, they went eight and eight last year. I think if Andy Dalton was the quarterback last year, they would have gone seven and nine or eight and eight again. So I, I, th- I don't think the drop off between Dak and Dalton is that significant at all. What about you, uh, Eddie? How would you break this down? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I think with what everybody else is saying, I, I understand Dak has been a good soldier. He's been a good teammate. He's been a good representative of the Cowboys organization, and he's been a good player, not a great player. I just, you know, I I think he's what he's going to get is fair. I, I know he's holding out for the extra year, I guess. But uh, if I were him, I'd, I'd sign the contract that they're offering him. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's uh, he's going to get any any better anywhere else. Now maybe he he plays this year and and has a great year and then can cash in. But I'm I'm on the Cowboys side. This, of this. is a never ending story. Did anybody look up? I don't think there's any restriction on how many years in a row you can be franchise tagged. No, it goes way up on the third time you would get tagged in a row, which is why teams only do it back to back. There's a new penalty, uh, basically. So I haven't heard. I don't remember anybody ever going more than twice on the the franchise tag back to back. Uh, But that will be the drama that will build in Dallas is Dak basically saying, "Okay, I'll play this year. But then you either need to be, as the Cowboys, willing to let me explore free agency or you tag me a second time and we know that effectively this relationship is over and uh, it seems like maybe that's the direction this is trending. So, look, Dak, I'm curious to see whether he holds out, whether he immediately signs this. This really has been a never-ending story. I feel like we've been talking about it for two years and the Cowboys and Dak have, have reached sort of a uh, impasse in terms of trying to figure out what his value is. Uh, when we come back, appreciate all of you uh, hanging out with us, by the way. Uh, we're going to dive into a uh, continuation of why I believe that we need to have college football. If you heard me talking about that yesterday, right now we are scheduled to have the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, on in hour number three at uh, 820 Eastern. We'll also talk with Jeff Schwartz, as we typically do in the uh, in the second hour. Uh, and I'm going to give you uh, the data on why schools should be opening up from kindergarten all the way through college. This isn't a complicated decision when you actually look at the data surrounding all the details in the coronavirus. We will discuss that as well. Appreciate all of you guys hanging out. want to tell you the best way you can support what we do here at OutKick. How about becoming an OutKick VIP? If you love me, if you like what Jason Whitlock has brought to bear uh, for OutKick, we are one of the 10 largest sports websites in the entire country right now, and we are growing faster than almost all of them. Uh, We have an incredible offer for you right now. Right now, if you become an OutKick VIP, you get an autographed copy of my book. We found some more copies of the book, so that's good, at least in the short term. may have enough to get us through this week. Uh, You also can get a VIP phone line access. You can hear sometimes people calling in on the VIP to jump ahead of the line. Also, get the right to comment on all of our uh, activities. 
uh, on the message board going on right now. And we have exclusive events for Jason Whitlock, myself, and other OutKick employees that are just for you. All of that is pretty fantastic. All you have to do to sign up is go to OutKick.com. Again, that's OutKick.com. When we come back, why schools should be open up. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code 2PROS. New customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code 2PROS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom slash sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. A couple of bits of big news that I flagged to make sure that I didn't uh, forget to hit you with them. Uh, We've been a lot of drama around the MLS. A lot of different uh, players tested positive on the Dallas and Nashville teams. Uh, But right now, this is positive. This is according to Mark Burns. Uh, Number of positive COVID-19 cases across the entire 24-team MLS delegation players, coaches, staffs, the league personnel, and others staying at the hotel in Disney World from July 12th to 13th. The league tested 1,227 people during that time, zero. So uh, that is is pretty outstanding uh, evidence of what can happen when you get into the bubble and start to play your game. Uh, that's a pretty positive uh, detail there for the NBA as its players are under quarantine right now. Again, zero, the number of positive cases across the entire 24-team MLS delegation staying at the host hotel in Florida from July 12th to 13th. That is with 1,227 people tested. Now, I'm fired up. You guys know this show has been absolutely dominant in terms of its growth and how many of you out there are listening, downloading on podcasts, consuming OutKick content in general. Um, One of the reasons why we have grown so rapidly, even without daily team sports, is because I'm sharing real facts with you and so many people in the media are sharing what I've been calling fear porn. Uh, And uh, this is, well, let me give you a stat right now. Everybody's you know, terrified out there of the quote-unquote second wave. The number of deaths in the United States declined by 20% over this past Tuesday compared to last Tuesday. So we had 10 straight weeks of declines since late April in terms of deaths from the coronavirus in this country. Then we had a small little blip And now it appears that we are headed for another week of declines. 
and uh, all that should be very positive, and it should be evidence of why kids should be back in school from kindergarten all the way through uh, all the way through college. But I want to hit you with this data because I've been hearing from a lot of you uh, about schools opening back up, and I've talked some about schools opening back up and why I think it's significant for kids to be able to play Little League Baseball, for why I think it's significant for uh, for high school football to be going on or high school soccer or whatever the sport might be. Listen to this evidence. Listen to this evidence. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. I think your mind is about to be blown. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 30 children under the age of 15 have died from COVID-19. 30. 3-0 in the entire country. In a typical year, 190 children die of the flu. So COVID-19 is one-sixth as deadly for kids under the age of 15 as the seasonal flu is. All right? 436 kids die under 15 from suicide every year. So your child is over 10 times as likely to commit suicide as they are to die from COVID-19. 625 kids are murdered who are under 15 years old. And 4,114 die unintentionally from acts such as drowning. That's pretty unbelievable data. For anyone out there who is talking about the fact that schools shouldn't open, 15 and under kids, 30 of them have died of COVID-19. And, I, and I'm not trying to diminish the 30, but many of those 30 would also have major health issues which led to them dying of COVID-19. This virus that everybody's so terrified of It really doesn't do hardly anything to young, healthy people. And I'm defining young broadly. If you are under the age of 50 and you are listening to me right now, two-thirds of the American population is under the age of 50, you are more likely to die in a traffic accident driving to or from work than you are from the coronavirus. All right, I'm going to hit you with these stats one more time. 30 children under age 15 have died from COVID-19. In a typical year, 190 die of the flu. So we're talking about the flu being over six times as deadly to the average kids under the age of 15 as the coronavirus is. 436 die from suicide. So if your kid's under 15, they are over 10 times as likely to kill themselves as they are to die of the coronavirus, 625 from homicide and over 4,000 from drowning or other unintentional deaths. So if you are out there right now and you are listening to me and you have a child under the age of 15, and by the way, I've got three of them, your child is under more danger going to the swimming pool, statistically, than they are going to school. Your child is under far more danger going to the lake or going to the ocean than they are going to school. 
I'll open up the phone lines 877-996-6369. Some of you say, well, why does that matter? Why does all this data matter? Well, it matters because schools need to open back up. And if we say, well, what's the sports context here? Schools need to open back up because kids need to be playing sports all the way from kindergarten all the way through college. Do those data points stun you, Danny G? Like when you actually hear how rare and uncommon it is to die from uh, the coronavirus if you are under the age of 15? Well, they actually don't because I check your Twitter every day. Yeah, and so, you listen to the show. <laughs> yes, and I'm working you think, with What you. percentage of our audience do you think is their mind is blown by those stats? Probably half, especially casual listeners, yeah. Because most people think it's it's bad in every age category. They're not digging into the details of the numbers. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday where the concern really right now at the school districts is about adults and but how even, kids I, cannot I, bring this home to the adults. Yeah, and I'll mention that. Kids are also not primary vectors for the transmission of this virus. In other words, let me repeat that. Kids are not passing it along to adults. It's far more common for adults to give it to kids. And there are tons of different uh, examples of, uh, of uh, daycares where there's been almost no spread at all. So there are, uh, I would say the biggest positive about this virus in general is that it has almost no impact on children at all. Uh, what about you, Dub? What else stands out here? Is th- th- those data points are pretty staggering, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, those data points speak volumes. I mean, I don't have any children that I know of, but I would be like <laughs> you if I did. I mean, we got to get these kids back in school. If you think about, I'm just trying to rewind my life back to when I was kind of the age of your your kids. If I didn't go to school for a whole year plus, I mean, that would be detrimental i mean no doubt to my my future i think especially kids that are under the age of 15 the virtual learning is not anywhere near what you would get attending school and you've mentioned this week and last week you know the some of the underprivileged people in this country there's the, no doubt the the at home schooling is really not an option you mentioned 30% of households don't have a computer or internet and what are those kids going to do if they're they're learning at home? It's I think I mean getting back to school I think is one of the more important uh, issues surrounding this whole um, situation. No doubt, and it's not just the kids. And yeah, the stat is in Nashville in particular because Nashville has gone to remote learning, and that's where I live. If you live in the city, thirty percent of kids don't have a reliable computer, and twenty percent of kids don't have reliable Wi-Fi. So you're, and who are those kids, right, that don't have computers or reliable Wi-Fi? They're going to tend to be the most underprivileged. And it's not just about those kids not being able to get taught. It's that they don't get free breakfast. They don't get free lunch. Uh, their parents probably have jobs, if they have jobs, that are far more requiring of you being there, right? It's a luxury to have a job that you can do remotely from home And it's a relatively small percentage of high educated and high income people who are able to do that. So uh, for a lot of people who have kids, they don't have the luxury. So there's going to be a lot of kids being left at home while mom or dad or grandma or grandpa go out and have to go to work. 
And usually, clearly, they're being, being taken care of by their older brother hey, and sister. That's exactly what I was going to say, which makes it harder for those kids to be able to actually get educated as well because those kids are having to do two different jobs. they got to be kids at school uh, remotely, and then they've also got to be watching their younger brother or sister, like you said, Roberto. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's nuts, man. I I feel for the kids that are – like I said, my, my my daughter is taking some, some classes up. We're fortunate that my wife is there watching her, making sure she's paying attention. But there's other kids that don't have that luxury, and they're you know a lot of the kids don't even can't even uh, show up to the class. They don't That's have, right. You don't have the equipment, and then the ones that are there aren't paying aren't paying attention. That's right. The, I mean, that's the challenge is, and the kids that are the least able to be reached through remote learning are the ones that are going to fall further and further behind. And it's now talking about two different years. So if you're someone out there and you're like, oh, I believe in equality more than anything in the world, right? You get on social media and you're a social justice warrior. This is massive. Not going to school for much of two years in person, which is where we're headed towards here right now, with almost no threat. Again, just to, to, to blow this up, if your kid is under the age of 15, 30 total deaths, over 4,000 deaths unintentional in kids under 15, including a huge percentage of that being drowning, your kid is under far more danger going to the lake, to the ocean, or to the swimming pool than they are going to school from the coronavirus. Eddie, do those numbers stun you? I, I don't know if it stuns me, but it's good to get the number. You know, you, you don't know what it is. You you think uh, you've heard, you know, certain uh, information and you, and you, you want to know exactly what does that mean, though? What When you hear the actual number, it just kind of puts a different spin on it when it, it's, you know, 30 is obviously a very low number. So, yeah, it's 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 uh, hopefully we'll get these kids back to school soon. Let me go to the VO, VIP line. Mike and Modesto is uh, wants to weigh in. What you got for me, Mike? Clay, you're one of the few that have been absolutely right this whole time. Absolutely be that for the Corona Bros. This has purely got to be political because it's so ridiculously stupid. Herd mentality has been the way to go. And if we have a second wave right now, it's purely because we shut down the first time. They don't care if they kill an economy. They don't care if they, they ruin our kids. It's just ridiculous. And there's some traitors that should be hung for this, Clay. Thank you for the time. 877-996-6369. I haven't been 100% right. I've been wrong on some of my predictions early on because I looked at the data. Well, what I've tried to do is bring you guys facts every single day, basically since Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA. And we're running rapidly towards every sport being back. I'll take a few of your calls to finish off the uh, the, the first hour of the show and maybe to lead into the second as well. 877-996-6369. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
old wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be uh, lots of you lined up, want to weigh in. Uh, Dub, let's start punching them up. Who's up first? Uh, we got Blue in Kentucky. Blue, what you got for me? 
I'm going to disagree with Danny G. He said 50% would be uh, blown away. I, I believe 90% of your audience wants fact, believes fact, and it's not blown away at this point. They, that's why they're listening to this show. I have an interesting dynamic here in Kentucky where we have a governor every evening. He spreads fear porn. He, he, first thing he says, I don't want to scare anybody. Then he tries to scare the absolute, you know yeah. what, out of everybody listening. And we have a state where most people don't want to think that way and don't want to be afraid. My brother is a state director of a fast pitch and slow pitch uh, organization, and he was shut down for over half the summer and has lost a ton of money. And all these kids have been traveling to Tennessee and Indiana anyway, traveling more just just to play. Yeah. And and we're living under like tyranny in this state. Appreciate, I appreciate the call. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy when you actually look at the data. And I felt like my job is to talk to you guys rationally and somewhat optimistically, like actually share the data. But I tweeted it out. We'll see. I mean, it'll probably set off a firestorm uh, in, uh, in the Twitter sphere. But the fact that your kid is under massively more danger going to the swimming pool than they are from the coronavirus or going to the lake or going to the ocean... I think it's blowing people's mind. I mean, look, your kid is six times as likely if they're 15 or under to die of the seasonal flu, which it's unheard of for schools to shut down for more than a couple of days from the seasonal flu. And they are by far your kids, my kids, everybody's kids, way more under danger from the flu. And the flu is not statistically likely either. But I've got three kids that are under 15, 12, 9, and 5. And I'm telling you, they 100 billion percent need to be back in school at a normal way this fall. Uh, who's up next, Dub? We got Gabe in Minnesota. Gabe, what you got for me? Hey, so what I want to talk to you about is the fact that you're comparing the coronavirus to seasonal flu. Simple matter of two different viruses, correct? But what we need to talk about is the death rate of those viruses. So, Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, This is uninteresting to me. Uh, The death rate from the coronavirus, we've talked about this before, is rapidly moving towards 0.1% in the state of Florida. Do we have the, uh, do we still have the audio that is is from CNN yesterday? We can maybe play that to start off hour two uh, from the doctor in Florida who went on CNN and blew their mind by saying, hey, things are getting better and we're not going to actually fall apart down in the state of Florida. Uh, We can maybe play that. If somebody calls in and they're moving that slow and they're going to say something that I already know the answer to, I cut them off. Sorry. We got a lot of people who want to talk. Who's up next? We got Rick in Kansas City. Rick, what you got? Hey, good morning, uh, Clay. I just wanted to see you, buddy. I can see a passion book that's really full with getting kids back in uh, school and whatnot. But if you're in charge, how would you handle the teachers getting the viruses and what would be your response? Because I have some family members that is in the education business. Thank yeah, you, it's, a, it's a question that a lot of people ask. Kids don't spread the virus very much. So if you look at all the studies, everybody out there who's like, oh my God, the, the adults are going to get sick. Initially, it was the kids are going to get sick. The kids don't get the virus or spread it very much. They're actually more likely kids are to get the virus from adults than vice versa. So if you're an adult and you don't feel well, don't go to school. 
if you're an adult and you feel like you're in danger, don't go to school. I don't think most teachers know the data. I really don't. I think that the politicians and the media in this country have done such a poor job actually sharing facts that people believe things that are not true. The danger, if you are basically under the age of 65, the danger from this virus is insanely minimal. I mean, those are just the factual data. Now, if you're out there and you're like, I never want to leave my house again, if you're independently wealthy enough to not have to work, you don't have to go to work. But the vast majority of kids need to be in school and teachers need to be working. Who's up next? We got Charlie and Dayton. Charlie, what you got for me? Good morning, Clay. Um, the obvious stuff is the economy, you know, the economic impact with teachers and lunch ladies and stuff. But, man, the high school dropout rate is going to go way up if mm. we don't put kids back in school. And also, juvenile crime is going to go through the freaking roof. And why do people think that January 2021 or just some magical date, we're automatically going to have a vaccine? That is not a guarantee. These kids got to go back to school, Clay. Yeah. Have a good one. If vaccine is the standard, it's possible the kids are not going to be back in school for the whole year, which is just absolute insanity for many parts of the country for that to be happening. Who's up next? We got Anthony in Maryland. Anthony, what you got for me? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? I appreciate the data, man, which is, you know, pretty uh, an eye-opener. But uh, if that's the case, who do you think, what do you think the man is up to and uh, who do you think the man is? In terms of, uh, what do you mean, like, why is the data I mean, not out there? No, no, no. Why are they doing this? Why are they taking us down this road? Yeah, it's, and, a great, uh, it's, know, uh, it, it's a great question. I mean, I think that's a question that a lot of people have. Why are we going down this path? I think it's because... Fear is not rational. And people are so terrified of this new virus that they turn off their brains when it comes to actually looking at the data. And I think it's even worse for people who spend a lot of time watching television or sitting around on Facebook or Instagram or whatever else because I said there's 30 kids under 15. Every single kid under 15 who has died has been a viral news story. And so for parents, it's like, oh my God, my kids are in danger. Look at this story. Look at what happened in Massachusetts or what happened in Tennessee or what happened in Florida or California or whatever it is. They, these individual anecdotal stories get shared as if they are representative when the reality is your kid is far more likely to be murdered by a massive magnitude than they are to, be, to die of the coronavirus, far more likely to die of the flu than they are to die of the coronavirus and far, far more likely to die of drowning. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are off and running here. Uh, been sharing some data that's blowing the Corona Bros mind. Speaking of the Corona Bros, king of the Corona Bros on Twitter, Darren Ravel. He was going to come on and debate the coronavirus with me and debate why uh, college football shouldn't play and none of you should leave your bedrooms and leave your houses and no sports should be going on. And uh, and then his bosses told him he couldn't do it. So I tweeted that out. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever have any Corona bros come on the show after what happened to Peter King uh, on the show, what, a couple of months ago, I guess now. 
there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear porn out there in the Corona Bro community uh, about what will happen to them if they come on this show and have to deal with actual facts as opposed to running around on social media with non-facts. And I'm just going to keep hammering this drum because I saw something uh, where uh, Axios, I guess, had a poll that came out uh, about parents not wanting their kids to go back to school. And my wife actually uh, got, uh, last night we were getting ready for bed and she came and she said, man, I'm on Facebook and some of these moms are just losing their minds over the coronavirus. And they, they don't, it's like they don't actually know any of the data at all. And again, I've got a 12, a 9, and a 5-year-old. I love them more than anything, but they need to be playing sports. They need to be back in school. Uh, the data is straightforward. Your kid's not in danger. Per the CDC, 30 kids ages 15 and under have died of the coronavirus in the entire country. That compares to 190 who die from the seasonal flu every year. So your kid is over six times as likely to die of the seasonal flu every year. 436 who commit suicide. So your kid is over 10 times as likely to commit suicide. And they are uh, nearly, I guess it's, what's the math here? Over 20 times as likely, I think, uh, to be murdered. And they are uh, over 40, I can't even do the math, it's so much. 30 kids age 15 and under have died of the coronavirus. 4,114 have died from drowning or other unintentional deaths. The kids need to be back in school all the way K through 12, all the way through uh, college. The data is clear. Anyone arguing otherwise is not looking at the data at all. For all the p- adults are going to get sick crowd out there, kids are more likely to get it from adults than they are to give it to adults based on all the statistical data out there. So that is what is going on here in the community at large if schools are not opening it's because people are not making rational decisions because they bought in to the fear porn uh let's go to take a couple more of your calls and then i'm gonna let danny g give some books away uh i think we're queued up for that right danny g yeah ready to go with that uh all right so uh let's go ahead and take the rest of these calls dub who we got uh we got shane in new york shane what you got for me clay you're officially a rock star by the way by appearing on ingram recently man i appreciate that She's great destroying the fake news media every night. Listen, it's insane how the far radical left is now trying to keep the schools closed. Highlighted by Blasio Cuomo, the big four, Newsom and Garcetti. I mean, look at out in California, 8.9 million population, zero deaths between zero and 17. And now the L.A. Teachers Union is demanding ban on charter schools, wealth tax, money for illegals, Medicare for all, and defunding of the police to get the schools back open. Listen, man, as we're worried about our schools being canceled this fall, if Biden's elected, our country's going to be canceled, man. we got plenty of time to talk uh, about politics in particular. My interest is just in having kids be able to play Little League. My interest is just in having high school football be able to take place. There's no statistical reality under which this shouldn't be occurring if you actually look at the data. It's just not in any way an uncertainty. Kids are not in danger of dying of the coronavirus. And they're a tiny percentage of overall cases. They don't even get it very much. And when they do get it, do you know where they get it? From adults. So every adult out there who's worried about kids getting them sick, it's not happening. You're getting kids sick. And by sick, I'm putting in quotation marks, the vast majority of kids, when they actually get this, and hardly anybody gets it, 
they don't have any impact at all. Who's up next? Oh, we got Chris in L.A. Chris, what you got for me? Well, the problem I have with your theory here is it's not that a, first of all, it's not a theory. Oh, stop, Chris. It's not well, a theory. These are facts. No, I'm not. No, because you said this is a theory. This is not a theory. These are facts. The pro, so the way you're starting is the problem I have with your facts. That's why they're not getting it. So what you're comparing is the flu with kids that are going to school constantly with no shutdown with a virus that they can't get because by everyone's admission, they're not in school and they're not hanging out with their friends because they're at home. So how can you even possibly spew this garbage on the air? What, what's garbage? What's, no, no, Chris, you're, Chris, you're being an idiot. Chris, they are 4,000 kids are drowning or dying of unintentional deaths. They are more likely to be murdered. They are more likely to commit suicide, and probably the suicide rate is up substantially because kids are at home. And by the way, kids are also still interacting. We know that. The data is out there. They need to be in school. Do you have an actual argument? You're an idiot. No, I'm an idiot, but what's your argument? My argument is this. You're saying there's only been 50 kids under the age of 15 that have gotten the 30. coronavirus. You compare it with the flu. 30 the kids. Flu, they didn't shut school. 30 kids. They didn't shut school down. That's why kids aren't getting it, because they're not in school where they can spread it with each other. They're at home. Quarantine Chris. with everybody else. Chris, the data so in – no, no. Chris, pause down. You're screaming. You're making no sense. You're acting like a typical corona bro. You're all emotional. Chris, they have opened up all the schools in Europe. Kids have been going to daycare centers all over this country for people who have jobs that they have to go to. The daycare centers have seen no massive outbreaks. The uh, all over this country, Europe opened back up. All of their kids are in school. We haven't seen any outbreaks there. Asian schools are open by and large. We haven't seen outbreaks there. All over the world, kids are not getting this virus and they are not dying. Your argument is what that non uh, that 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 completely without factual basis. I'll give you another chance to make your case and not look totally irrational and totally fear-porn-laden. The floor is yours. Okay, thank you. My point is this. Arizona, in one day, had more CV-19 cases than all of Europe with 450 million people. We're not Europe. They can shut down because they have social distancing. All right, hold on a sec. Let me pause you. You said we're not Europe. That's correct. We actually have a lower death rate per capita than England, than France, than Italy, than the Netherlands, I believe, uh, than Sweden. Most of the major countries in Europe have had a much more substantial outbreak per capita on a death rate than the United States has. The only major democracy, Western uh, democracy in Europe that has done a better job than the United States with this virus, by and large, large population, is Germany. Here's the deal. Europe, the eight worst countries and we're ninth are all European. So quit comparing us to the worst countries. You just compared us to Europe. Hold on, stop. You just said Arizona's far worse than Europe. And so I compared us to Europe. And then you said, stop comparing us to Europe. You're the one who brought up the European comparison. Here's what I... I'm, you know what? You guys on the right, that you like to compare us to Why Europe, am I on the right? Why am I on the right? Oh, hold on. You guys on the right. You just tried to dismiss my opinion by saying you guys on the right. Do you realize that I am pro-choice, that I have never voted for a Republican president in my life? Let me ask, are you for mask wearing mandatory or no? 
I don't know 100% whether I'm not the person who's driving around in my car wearing a mask. I went to the gym today and or yesterday, and I did not wear a mask. But if places want you to wear a mask in order for you to go into their place of business, like I'll give you an example, uh, Costco. I go to Costco. It's like the only place on the planet that I shop in. Costco requires you to enter with a mask at their business. They believe that makes sense. Then I will put a mask on. If there are businesses that require me, I'm not somebody who goes out shopping. I buy everything that I buy either from a uh, from Amazon or from Costco. Otherwise, I do no shopping in my house. But if there are businesses, my wife goes to the grocery store. She puts on a mask. If if the requirement is in order for schools to be open kids have to wear masks I would sign that paperwork in a heartbeat because it's more important that kids be in school than it is anything else do you have anything else you want to say uh yeah I'm going to apologize for saying some of the stuff I said about you but I think masks are the only way we're going to reopen our economy and if we were sticking to a mandatory mask policy I could go to a Dodger game I could go to my gym I could go to my hairstylist I could go to a concert with with distancing so it just seems like the mask is the, the key and okay but the, ma- the mask can be the key don't you think it's important that people know the data as it pertains to kids i hear people arguing left and right middle all over this country about whether schools should open back up and i haven't heard anybody say as a prelude to discussing whether schools should open back up, let's talk about the actual danger that our kids are under from COVID-19. That's to me I, I agree. That's to me where we should start the debate, right? If people want to disagree about what the results should be, my big issue in the country is we don't start with facts. Like the facts have to be the foundation of any argument. So the facts are 30 kids, and again, this is from the CDC, but I'm reading it from yesterday's Wall Street Journal. Uh, 30 kids 15 and under in the entire nation have died of uh, of the coronavirus so far. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think you do a great job with that. And I would just suggest one other thing you could look at those two hairstylists that uh, were cutting hair while they were infected and they came in contact with 140 of their clients and nobody got it. Why? Math. Thank you. I don't know if you saw that. I, I, I did see that story that went uh, that, that went viral about hairstylists and how nobody had actually gotten it. I think it was in California. One of the problems, I would say in general, is the way our media works is they find an anecdote and then that goes viral. Like, why is the overall death rate for the coronavirus in kids 15 and under not going viral? Like, I just tweeted it out. Why aren't 500,000 people on social media sharing that information as opposed to sharing the information about one eight-year-old kid who died, which sucks. It's an awful story, but that's not representative of what the data actually shows us. This is a big problem with the media in general, and I'm obviously a part of the media. We have moved from a fact-driven media, which is trying to uncover the truth, to an anecdote-laden media, which is not telling stories that are representative of real interactions. And this is going on with police interaction. And by the way, this is another story. And, And then what happens is we make irrational decisions. 
And I'll give you a quick two quick examples. Schools should be open. I laid out all that data. These idiots arguing defund the police, the murder rate is skyrocketing across this country. Do you know who the people are that are statistically being met, uh, murdered now? Black. Black Lives Matter is out there protesting that Black Lives Matter against the police. And then the politicians respond by taking money away from the police. And then the police are not on the streets to stop murder from happening. I saw the data on New York City shootings. They are the highest level they have been since 1996. We have gone back in time in New York City all the way to 1996 as they are pulling police off the streets. Chicago, New York, Atlanta, the cities that have seen the most aggressive Black Lives Matter protests are seeing the most black murders skyrocketing. And it's like, are you crazy? We don't talk about the police who do a good job, right? During all these protests, how often did you hear the media say, well, the vast majority of protesters are peaceful? Well, that didn't stop a lot of protesters from also looting and rioting. But people were like, hey, you can't paint the protesters in the media. Media was like, you can't paint the protesters with a broad brush. So they were giving the benefit of the doubt to protesters and not judging protesters based on the worst among them. But they judge every police officer based on the worst thing that a police officer has ever done. The vast, vast majority of police, and many of them listen to me, in all 50 states to start off their morning or while they're working overnight shifts on the West Coast, and I appreciate the work that you guys do, the vast, vast majority of police officers are doing great work and they are saving tens of thousands of lives. The problem is the lives that police save are not viral stories usually. We don't see the lives that police officers save on a day-to-day basis We only see the worst video every six months of any police officer out there, and then everybody paints them with a broad brush. The politicians go out, pull their funding, and then boom, the murder rate skyrockets. We know how this works. Eventually, people are going to say, oh, wait a minute, defunding the police is the dumbest idea that has ever existed in the history of the 21st century, and we're going to start to spend more money on police, and the murder rate's going to go back down. We saw this happen. It's called the 1990s. And crazily, Democrats, one of whom I worked for back in 1996, I volunteered on his campaign, Bill Clinton is the one who turned the uh, the murder rate the opposite direction because he put a lot more police officers on the streets. Now it's racist somehow to want more police. I don't understand it. People have lost their mind. Who's up next, uh, Danny G? Do we still have anybody waiting? Yeah, we got Chris in New York. Chris. Yeah, hi, Clay. Uh, I got a question for you. We're, we're talking about all the kids and wanting them to go back to school, but what about the forgotten kids, the ones with special needs? I mean, well, I got a daughter, I mean, she's five. Yeah, well, they're obviously under a spe- uh, an even more difficult challenge. So your daughter is five. What What is her special need? She's autistic. So uh, you can speak to this far better than I can. 
Is it possible for your five-year-old daughter to be taught remotely through an iPad or through a screen? Absolutely not. Yeah. And and I'm not an expert. Not yeah. Well, first of all, I hope that. So your point is there are lots of special needs kids out there that even more than uh, than than other kids need to be in school. Exactly. And I mean, since February, there's nothing. No teachers, no nothing. We're trying to figure out how to teach her at home by ourselves. Yeah. We get no help. Well, I, I, I certainly have a uh, – thank, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. And I certainly have a great deal of respect and empathy for parents out there uh, that are dealing with their children at home for months at a time now while also trying to work. And the challenges are even more substantial, certainly, for parents with kids with special needs, which are even more difficult to be taught remotely. It's virtually impossible. And I can't speak to that personally – but a lot of you out there listening have friends and family that are going through that as well. Their kids need to be in school even more than other kids do. And so uh, that in and of itself is, uh, is a massive, massive challenge. And it's going to be hard to catch up for those kids out there. All right, I told you we were going to give away some books. We'll actually give away some books for five-star reviews to start off uh, hour three This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o -O who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Jeff Schwartz joins us now. Jeff, do you know today was tax day? I just realized that, uh, you know, we bumped back tax day to July 15th now. So uh, sorry for yeah. reminding everybody out there. I did know because I filed an extension for some reason. I don't know why. I have everything done, but some, we filed an extension for some reason. So you had three um, extra months and you still filed an extension? I was done. I My CPS filed an extension. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't I, know. I, I, thought I, I thought I did everything. I don't I, know. I, I know how much I, I owe. Yeah. Every year we get an extension, too, and I don't end up officially filing until October. Uh, here. I don't even understand. Like, I, I used to be – if you're just a regular employee, your taxes really aren't that complicated. I got so many different moving parts now, I never have any clue what's going on when it comes to my taxes. Uh, but and that's, uh, why we, that's, that's why we always file extension, because I just get, like, a random 1099 to show up in, like, July. And you're like, yeah, right. I didn't file this one. Uh, all right, let's dive into uh, let's dive into the NFL. What's Dak Prescott worth? Um, like when you actually look at uh, the marketplace, let's pretend first question that he is an unrestricted free agent. What would a team or teams be willing to bid for his services? See, this is always a tough discussion because there's a difference, in my opinion, between what the market will pay you. I mean, look, everyone will say you're worth what the market will pay you and what he actually should get, right? I mean, if you're looking at what he actually should get, probably around $30, $32 million is probably about I mean, Ryan Tannehill, your boy's making. By the way, Titans fans are absolutely insane. I just got to point that out. You guys, out of all fan bases I've dealt with, the Titans fans are absolutely insane. Well, I think it's probably, let me say this, you probably have more Titans fans in your, uh, in your audience because of me, right? Because well, we that doesn't we, make it any better. No, no, I'm just saying they're probably a higher percentage of the people that follow you. 
Like, uh, you know, like I, I would say if you were like if I were ranking fans of teams that follow me because I'm from Nashville, I'm overpopulated in, you know, the University of Tennessee and the Tennessee Titans. And then, you know, we have a national show that's doing wildly well now, but I would be interested in seeing what the data is of what fans follow me. But because you do this show a lot, you yeah. also would overlap with some of those same people. So, but leave, leave picking on the Titans aside. Let's go back to the primary question yeah, so, here. So, so, what's, so what's Dak worth? Well, so Tannehill's making like $30 million a year, right? He's got like a three-year deal for 91. You know, Cousins is making a little over 30. I mean, I feel like over 30 million is probably about right. Um, and that's what the, the offer stands right now. It's like 33 million. Um, you know, the question always becomes, is Dak a guy that can win you a Super Bowl? Right? I'm not quite sure we know that yet um, because he hasn't been in the playoffs. And when he has, you know, they've, gone, they've been okay. Um, but that's about where you're going to have to pay him. It's about $30 million a year. I mean, is he worth that much? I don't know. I, but that's what the market says he's going to be. It's about $30 million a year. Now, on the open market, it's different. And this is the thing that's interesting about this because – even look, we've been looking to next year. How many teams are really going to need quarterbacks next year? I mean, look, the Patriots maybe might need a quarterback. And maybe that's the Jacksonville. But like, so that's it. Jacksonville and Jacksonville, by the way, could stink and just draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin that's right. Fields, right? So how many teams are really going to be out there looking to pay Dak Prescott, especially if the Cowboys go, you know, nine and seven and win one playoff game? Um, you know what? Who's going to pay him all this money? So I'm, I'm, I, I think the market's about thirty million a year, um, and the Cowboys are offering him that much right now. Uh, so he's not going to do it. Obviously, I mean, I've said since, since February he's not going to do this deal. And Cowboys fans told me I was an idiot and told me I was stupid and all that stuff. And I'm going to end up being right again. It just didn't feel like this was ever coming together because they've had time to do it. We we see all the time when teams want to get a deal done, they get a deal done with their quarterback. Right, like, like, you know, the Cowboys deal is always that they want this extra year. They want this, this fifth year they always want on their contract. And, and they, for the most part, they do it. They have the, they have the most players like, under contract for six-year deals in the NFL. They have six guys on like, six-year deals. That's what they've always done. I mean, Tyron Smith, they're on the tackle sign a 10-year deal. He's a Hall of Famer. He's severely underpaid. And this is what they've always done. And most of the time, when it's time to make a compromise, you do it for your quarterback – and they don't want to do it. And we see other teams do it all the time. The Chiefs just gave Pat Mahomes $500 million. Um, you make it happen if you want to make it work. And I don't think the Cowboys are totally sold on Dak Prescott. And the last thing about why I don't, I don't think they're sold on him, and this is something that people, they, they, they think I'm, I'm harping on this and it's silly, but it, it's completely true. Mike McCarthy, the new coach, did not talk to Dak Prescott for over a week after getting the job. That's absolutely crazy to me. Like, that should have been your first call because yeah. if you had talked to Jerry Jones about what your plans are for the team, Dak Prescott was probably 95% of your conversation. And then how do you not read him? He said he was too busy. That, that's, that's BS, man. Matt Rule, I'm in Charlotte. He called Cam the, he called Cam the day he was hired, and everyone knew Cam wasn't going to be here. Like, you just you call your quarterback, and the fact that he didn't do it strikes me as something that's really interesting about – the dynamic at play here. I just think the Cowboys are completely sold on Dak, and Dak's going to test the market next year and see what happens. It is interesting. And so if he tests the market, that's going to be a great uh, sort of situation. So you don't think the Cowboys will uh, franchise tag him two years in a row? I mean, they could, um, you know, but then you're in a cousin situation. You know, yeah. I just don't know. Like, like, 
I mean, I guess the idea is, you know, he plays this year, and what is he play? He plays really well, and you're like, okay, maybe we'll do a long-term deal now, right? You know, he's proven to us he can do it, or he doesn't play well, and you just let him go. Like, I don't know what, I don't know why you would franchise him for a second year because you know this is a prove it year for him, brand new coach, and, and maybe you say, look, last year was kind of weird, right? There was no off season, players got into camp late. It was a very weird year. We'll just wait one more year to decide on Dak, but. You know that's not really a way to build a team. I mean, you know, it's just you, you can't build a team with your quarterback always on a franchise. And this is something that I think people don't get. The franchise tag is not terribly great for teams and quarterbacks because you want to have cost certainty, and that's what the Chiefs have now with Pat Mahomes. You want to know what the highest guy on your team is going to make for years, so you can build your salary cap and your roster around that number. And it's not good for the Cowboys to to not know what Dak's going to make next year the year after that, the year after that, and kind of be in limbo with the best, you know, the most important player, I should say, in your franchise. So a franchise tag for, for a quarterback is not something the team really wants to do. Uh, so it, it is interesting as you look at, at Dak going forward. Um, to me, this, uh, assuming again, the for, for people out there just waking up, the 4 o'clock Eastern you have until the franchise tag becomes official, when you look at Dak going forward, would you bet on him being the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback next year or not? Like, how would you set the odds? I would not. You would not? I would not. No. I'm, and I probably would get plus money for that. Um, but I, I just think that, again, I go back to, like, you know, the Redskins. and see, I can't even say that now, right? The Washington football <laughs> team. And I'm going to make that mistake a thousand times. Um, the Washington football team. And uh, what if there was no mascot this year, by the way? Just the one with, like, they just were, like, the Washington football team. It's possible. I mean, it's a quick rebrand before the season. I don't know if you can have it ready in time. Um, uh, you know, Washington and, and Cousins situation, I mean, they, they both kind of just never met in the middle. And Cousins wanted a, a certain deal, and the Redskins, <laughs> Washington wasn't going to meet it. And they just never made it work. It feels like that's what the Cowboys and, and Dacker go do. It's just kind of, they, you know, they like each other enough, but not enough to commit long-term. Okay, another team uh, dealing with an interesting franchise tag decision that is reportedly going to allow their player to play it out on the franchise. You were just going after them a little bit earlier. The Titans. The Titans are going to pay Derrick Henry $10.7 million, I believe is the number this year and then he would theoretically be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. How does this situation play itself out? Who is in a better spot here, Titans or Derrick Henry? Well, the Titans are because they can find a running back for much cheaper that can give you 85%, 90% of production that Derrick Henry had. We, We keep seeing these numbers come out all the time of guys that are undrafted, seventh-round picks, putting up just the production that a first-round pick can do. And I get it that it's unfair to running backs. I'm an offensive lineman. I love running backs. I would love to block for Derrick Henry. But if you're building a team, it makes no sense to pay those guys all that money. Um, and it, our, the times are – I mean, look, I, I, I would have franchised Tannehill and let Henry walk. But, you know, they signed Tannehill. At least they didn't sign Henry to a long-term deal. And, you know, you play this year, you hope you win a Super Bowl, and then you just let them go and you find someone else in the draft next year. I mean, it's not, it's not that complicated. The, the data has shown that paying running backs is a complete disaster. It does not help you win. And you can get the production you need from that position from a seventh-round draft pick, undrafted guy, or third-round draft pick. I mean, name, name someone else to do it. Look at their deals. Zeke Elliott just got paid 
Cowboys didn't make the playoffs last year. Todd Gurley got paid. How's that working out? David Johnson got paid, got traded. Um, it, you know, Christian McCaffrey got paid, and last season all his best games were in blowouts. Everyone was like, oh, my God, his receiving numbers. Well, look at him. He had 200-yard receiving games. The Panthers scored like six and nine points in those games. I mean, congrats on getting a lot of yards. It can help you win the game. So that position, for whatever reason, is just really undervalued. Um, and there's no reason to, to, to pay those guys all that money. So the Titans are a great spot. Just franchise them this year, see what happens, and let them go. Will somebody else pay Derrick Henry? We were just talking about Dak if he hit the open market. What if Derrick Henry were on the open market right now? Would he make at most about what he's making this year? There's always teams. I mean, you know, the Houston Texans seem to not know what they're doing. I mean, they'll, they'll pay a running back. Who cares? But, I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell got paid. Um, but I, I – is analytics kind of creeps more into front offices. I'm not sure that we're going to see these. Become, even, and I think next year, too, is a big year. Like, Dalvin Cook's a free agent. It's a great it's a running big, back year. It's a, it's a great running back year. So, I don't know – what team is, is going to really want to spend, you know, that $15 million a year on a running back, especially with the cap situation, which is probably not going to be great next season. Um, they're probably going to have to borrow from the future to make sure the cap is probably flat for next season. It's probably my best get. I, I don't think it will go down that much. It won't go up. And, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll just borrow from the future to get it to be flat. Or you don't want to spend – And what you're talking about there, for people out there who are not familiar, the overall NFL revenues, because crowds are not going to be either allowed at all or anywhere near what they have been in normal years, the overall NFL revenue is going to go down. And since players and owners share, the idea is we're going to limit future seasons of cap numbers to make up for the money that isn't going to come in this year, right? For people out there who don't understand that. And, and you have a, you have a ten year labor deal, so you're, you yeah. can borrow from the future to make. I can't imagine what, what what would happen if there wasn't a CBA deal done. I mean, the NFL oh, that's would a great point. Wreck, be a complete wreck right now. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll, so you know, with with a cap being flat, do you really want to pay a running back next year all that money? I get it if the cap was still rising nine percent or ten percent, like it's been every year. But you know, even. It's just not. There's no way it's going to go up this year. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't know if we'll get a full 16 games. I feel really confident that we're going to start the season on time. I, I know there's posturing right now between both sides as far as um, you know, kind of when camp's going to start, how it's going to work. But both sides want to play. I mean, when do that, you think camp will start? I think it'll be July 28th. I, I think they'll be in, in on time. Look, the NFL has been a league that gets things done at the deadline all the time, right? I mean, it just feels like every time there's some sort of issue, it's like. Boom. By, by the deadline, it gets figured out because, look, the truth is players want to play, all right? Players understand the risks. There, are, there might be guys that, that, that have autoimmune issues that, that don't play. I get that. Um, but we have short careers. We don't get paid if we don't play. I, I don't think we, we get paid if we don't play. The owners want to make money, too. They're, they're, they're just as greedy as we are, maybe more greedy. Um, and that's why I think – both sides will make it work because in the end they both want to play. And obviously some of the issues right now are health and safety and testing and kind of how we, how we kind of go about making sure everyone stays as healthy as possible. So I think they will play. It's a much easier, um, it's, it's much easier to get them going than college football, which I just think it's, uh, I don't know college football. I mean, I, I, the conference only schedule is a great way to do this in my opinion, especially out West. I mean, out, I think in the South, 
the ACC and SEC should probably join together and kind of form their own little conference this year. That makes a lot of sense to me because they're, they're so regionally close. I mean, it seems silly that South Carolina and Clemson can't play each other, but South Carolina could play like Missouri, right? It just seems kind of odd that, that – so, so I think the ACC and SEC will join together. The Big 12 will be on their own. The, the, the Big 10 and Pac-12 will be on their own. And we'll get a season in. I, I just It might just be disjointed. Uh, last question for you. How many NFL – like, I'm kind of stunned in, in a good way in Dak Prescott's defense. The guy is saying no to $100 million <laughs> guaranteed, right? Like, we're talking about the fact that he's going to be a – you know, he's going to be franchise tagged. But that's because the, he's turning down $100 million guaranteed. Last question for you. Is this the first time ever – that a player is turning down $100 million in NFL history? It's got to be, right? Yeah, probably. But here's the thing with a lot of these quarterbacks now, Clay, is the endorsement money. I mean, he's at Campbell Soup. Yeah. I'm sure he has speaking fees. I mean, he's probably making millions of dollars off the field. Yeah. So to him, he's like, look, I'll make 31 this year. The franchise tag is like 37 next year. So that's you know, $70 million. I'm already making five, ten million million off the field. Like, I, I don't need to sign a deal that I don't want now. I'll just let it ride. I'm, I'm in a position that I'm young. I have not been hurt in my crownies, missed a game because of injury yet. Um, I have a good offensive line. I'm probably not going to get hurt this year. Just ride with it. And so um, his agent, by the way, is really good at that. I think his agent's one of the toughest to, like, negotiate with, at least according to, to reports. So, uh, yeah, probably first guy ever turned down that money. But it makes sense for him because he's in Dallas and he has endorsements already. And good for him. I mean, look. I root for every player to get. I root for every human to get as much money as they Enjoy can. Join the club. That, that's the way we. It's interesting that people kind of root against it. I don't really get it. Like I just, I root for every human to get paid. Teachers, nurse. My my wife's a nurse. She's underpaid. I I root for her to make more money. I, I root, root for. Money. I always say this. Like I want Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and Colin Cowherd and the guys that are older than me and make more money now. I want them to make as much money as possible because I want them to set the bar as high as they can possibly set it because that's where I want to aspire to be too. And if you're an NFL quarterback or an NFL player, or like you said, it doesn't really matter what your profession is, at least if you're in a public market setting, you should want your competitors to make as much money as uh, as possible. Good stuff as always, Jeff Schwartz. Take care, man. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com dot com slash sports tire rack dot com the way tire buying should be do you have an actual argument you're an idiot no i'm an idiot but what's your argument how can you even possibly spew this garbage on the air kids aren't getting it because they're not in school where they can spread it with each other they're at home quarantine chris. with everybody else chris the data in the- no no chris pause down you're screaming you're making no sense you're acting like a typical corona bro you're all emotional kids are also still interacting we know that the data is out there they need to be in school if the requirement is in order for schools to be open kids have to wear masks 
I would sign that paperwork in a heartbeat because it's more important that kids be in school than it is anything else. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, I'm going to apologize for saying some of the stuff I said about you. That call was a roller coaster. Uh, back an hour or two. Earlier an hour or two. Speaking of roller coasters, what about Miles Garrett? From knocking a guy in the head, being suspended, all the controversy that surrounded that, didn't finish the season, and then he gets the highest paid contract in the history of NFL defensive players in terms of, uh, in terms of his money. I mean, this is just more evidence of the NFL, people wouldn't be like, oh, the NFL, you know, like uh, there's that that crew out there that's like, oh, they're so racist. They're so biased against Colin Kaepernick. Stop. The NFL only cares about your talent. Miles Garrett hits a dude in the head with a helmet, could have severely injured him, gets suspended for the remainder of the season, and he gets a five-year, $125 million contract. It doesn't matter by and large, what you do, it matters how talented you are. As long as your talent exceeds your problems, you're going to be fine in all of sports. That's what matters, your talent. Do you make a team more likely to win? There you go, boom, Miles Garrett with a monster contract. All right, when we come back, Danny G, you have got some uh, some reviews I think we're going to hit? Yeah, I got the next five ready. Next five, five-star reviews. I looked at this morning. We are the number four podcast in America. I believe the highest rated sports talk radio show as we have been for, honestly, much of the past several months, really, uh, when you actually look at uh, at those numbers that are out there. And so I encourage you to go uh, subscribe to the podcast. Also encourage you to go sign up for Outkick VIP where you can get hooked up in a big way. Yeah, we're the number one sports talk radio show in the country right now on iTunes. If you just even go in and look at the sports rankings, we're number four overall behind three podcast exclusives. Uh, and you can just type in my name, Clay Travis and Outkick. You get uh, both my uh, this morning show and then also an afternoon show. And we had uh, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. I should mention good news, uh, at least if you've been following this ridiculousness in Hong Kong, uh, NBA uh, players are not allowed to put free Hong Kong on the jersey, but a bipartisan bill has been signed uh, yesterday by Donald Trump. Republicans and Democrats both passed it, uh, ripping China for their treatment of Hong Kong. So while the NBA is comfortable taking billions of dollars from in money from China, the United States is actually standing up to China over the way that they are t- treating Hong Kong even if the NBA won't do it. We come back, five-star reviews and the data on why schools should be going, plus Southeastern Conference Commissioner Greg Sankey is scheduled to join us as well. All that's still to come to talk about college football and the future there. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hour number three of the show rolling on. We opened with the discussion about Dak Prescott um, and what exactly is going to happen there at four o'clock Eastern today. Then Dak becomes a uh, franchise tag player. That means he's playing on a one-year deal for $31.7 million. Same thing true with Derrick Henry, except his number is $10.7 million now. Somewhat interesting in terms of where does this go from here is thinking about how the Cowboy-Dak Prescott relationship plays itself out going forward. And there are certainly a decent amount of moving parts. But one of the challenges that is out there overall is trying to figure out what is the end result here? How many years is Dak Prescott going to actually be the uh, be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, what exactly is this going to look like? So 31 and change this year, then he would theoretically be an unrestricted free agent. The Dallas Cowboys could franchise tag him again and he would get even more money. So uh, he would get $69 million over two years. They could theoretically franchise tag him again and then he would make $123.3 million over three years and still be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So he is in a pretty good situation in general uh, because he's so young playing already as a starting quarterback for four years. He could theoretically make $123 million dollars if the Cowboys signed him to three straight franchise tag agreements and then still be a free agent before he turns 30 years old, the Cowboys have to figure out how to make sense of this and maybe bringing Dak in with Mike McCarthy in the first year. I think, frankly, they're just not sold on him as the long-range answer for the franchise. So this is one way for them to uh, t- to make that happen. Now, uh, so that is the, uh, the latest on Dak Prescott. Other news that is out there, uh, Derrick Henry is going to be franchise tagged at $10.7 million. If you want some positive stories uh, about uh, these teams that are dealing in the bubble, uh, this is positive. Uh, the MLS delegation, There were 1,227 people tested. That is players, coaches, staff, league personnel, and others. Zero positive tests for the coronavirus now for the MLS after they dealt with some difficulty from Dallas and from uh, the Nashville team in MLS. Now, I have been uh, in hour one. I shared this data My job, I feel like in many ways, because there's so much insanity out there, is to share facts. We are going to be joined, by the way, with the by the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, 
uh, coming up in about uh, 15 minutes and they're making the decision about what to do with college football in terms of returning and certainly a part of returning to school and college is all connected as it pertains to high school football or high school soccer or whatever people are playing out there. Uh, And these data points, I think, are important. I'm reading directly from the Wall Street Journal. This is yesterday's Wall Street Journal. uh, And this is part of their article about called The Case for Reopening Schools. Uh, According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 30 kids under 15 years old have died from COVID-19. All right? 30. 3-0 in the entire nation. In a typical year, 190 children die of the flu, 436 from suicide, 625 are murdered, and 4,114 die from unintentional deaths such as drowning. All right? So it is the summer right now. If you are a parent out there listening to me anywhere in the country Your kids are under vastly more danger going to the swimming pool, going to the lake, or going to the ocean than they are from going to school. Also, kids are very small vectors for spreading this virus. That is, kids very rarely give this disease to adults. It's much more common for adults to give this virus to kids. And so as you're sort of analyzing this and thinking about the data, I have a 12, a 9, and a 5-year-old. Schools need to be open. Again, in the entirety of the country, 30 kids under age 15 have died of COVID-19. This is from the Wall Street Journal citing the CDC. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect. But it does mean that you have to consider risk within the factor of other acceptable risks. 190 kids of that age die of the flu. They are six times, more than six times likely to die of the flu, kids are, than they are to die of the coronavirus. And they're under far more dangerous from harming themselves via suicide or being murdered, not to mention just going to the swimming pool is far more dangerous to your average kid under the age of 15 than the coronavirus is, okay? Those are important data points. Uh, One of the reasons why this show is surging is because I've been trying to share real facts with you as opposed to things that terrify you. I could have since March just come on every day like a lot of people in sports media do, and give you all these terrifying reasons why sports are never going to come back and why your kids can't go to school and why uh, there's just one bad thing after another because that's what most in the media have been doing. Instead, I've tried to give you the actual facts. And by the way, stock market is poised to open up another 500 points today uh, because there has been positive news about clinical trials surrounding uh, the, uh, the idea of a vaccine for the coronavirus, a uh, company got uh, great news about their ability to handle the coronavirus, their testing. I'll read you that exact news because I do think it's important to share uh, good news. 
And the Dow is now, it's going to open in, you know, a little over an hour, but it's up over 500 points in what's called the futures market. Uh, But a big part of this is uh, Moderna's vaccine to prevent COVID-19 produced a quote, a quote, robust immune response that is neutralizing antibodies in all 45 patients in its human trial, according to newly released data, which was published Tuesday night in uh, the New England Journal of Medicine. So uh, if you have any stocks at all, it's uh, looking like it's going to be another good day. Stock market is going to roar back through 27,000 and maybe set a uh, another high. I'm looking right now. What was the high that was set? Yeah, decent chance the stock market is going to set a high that was last seen in uh, in March today. We've gotten a V-shaped recovery. If you hear, pay attention to the way that economists talk about uh, our bounce back from the virus, very much of a V-shaped recovery uh, dealing with this thing. All right, I teased it. Danny G, one of the things that we're doing, our podcast has soared, and I appreciate all of you. People say, what can I do to support OutKick? Well, you can go sign up for OutKick VIP. Just go to OutKick.com, click on that uh, link. But also, by the way, I should mention this, we have five open jobs right now at OutKick.com if you go to OutKick.com backslash jobs. We're growing at an insanely rapid rate. Uh, at our at the media company that I own, Outkick.com, podcast network coming, Jason Whitlock, everything else. We're also hiring a decent amount of new people. If you go to Outkick.com backslash jobs, you can see the jobs that we are hiring for uh, right now. But one of the things I've been saying is go sign up for the Outkick VIP. Also, if you enjoy this show, go give us a five-star review. I'm not reading the reviews. That is Danny G's job. And if you write a smart, funny review that Danny G picks to read, then you get an autographed copy of my book sent to you for free. Slide into Danny G's DMs and let him know if it was you that he is reading. All right, Danny G, what reviews have you got? All right, the first winner for this week, Dylan.Perry is the iTunes user who wrote the title, Amazing Insight from a War Hero. Clay Travis is a true American patriot. Being a veteran of the American Revolution, the War of 1812, the Texas Revolution, the Mexican-American War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, the Philippine-American War, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, Bay of Pigs, Vietnam, the Gulf War, Afghanistan, and the Iraqi invasion, along with the amazing accomplishment of winning the Boston Marathon, Clay has gained enough experience and insight to truly set himself apart from other sports commentators. He is at the forefront of the sports world and all his accolades are truly deserved. That's obviously playing on me going off uh, on Senator Richard Blumenthal last yeah. week, which uh, many of you enjoyed. Uh, all right, very and, well done. And which, by the way, he doesn't have an email listed. They have fax yeah. and telephone numbers. So I called his three phone numbers twice now and have left messages for the senator three different times senator has not responded and wanted no. to come on the show he's okay. not responded yet well we've made the offer all right next uh, winner here corporate bro is his itunes handle his title is i've been rescued i used to be a daily lebitard show listener the opposite of a clay travis listener when dan went full-on woke it became unlistenable 
I found Clay's show, and it feels good that I found my new sports radio home. I'm 28 years old, living in Washington, D.C., and I'm 100% sure OutKick is going to continue to have people like myself subscribe, as well as throw in the towel and unsubscribe from ESPN and cancel culture. So you picked him partly because he destroyed our competitors. I just thought yeah. I got two here in a row that are new listeners. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. The next yeah, yeah. one. Now, it's always interesting to hear how people find it. Yeah, us. exactly. The next one from Stargirl. Glad I found Clay. I dropped two podcasts from former SportsCenter anchors recently. Both were so concerned with keeping the PC culture happy that they wrapped themselves into pretzels constant negativity to the point of absurdity i found clay from another fan's comment on itunes legitimately common sense in his approach and not negative to the point of nonsense there is a middle ground on all of the bs these days thank you clay well good yeah so two new listeners yeah. in a row there all right next winner squid tampa why i like the podcast the show the host the crew the updates the sports the stats the guests, the content, the writers, the VIPs, the First Amendment, the boobs, the sanity, the truth, the one, the only, outkick the coverage. All right. All four of these. You have one more? One more from uh, Michael Nevada. Number one, he titles it. I don't understand why this is remotely controversial. <laughs> Stealing a quote from yeah, you. Yeah, that's a great line, though. <laughs> this is the best podcast of all time. Grab your popcorn, kids. Let me put on my lawyer hat and explain why. Danny G brings death and destruction with the Animal Thunderdome. Dub brings the alcohol. And Clay brings facts and verbal beatdowns. Tap the vein, boys and girls. It's time for this week's Blood Bank Guarantee. I'm going to take the over on Clay continuing to destroy the Corona Bros, idiot senators from Connecticut, and all of you ignoramuses that call into the show. Boom. Roasted. The facts are, OutKick is the number one show in the universe. All right. And we are the number one show in the universe of sports right now, uh, Sports Talk Radio uh, on podcast anyway. So go sign up. Give us five stars. Appreciate all of those. And make sure that you don't miss a single minute, uh, including... Up next, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Pulled up sweet home Alabama for Greg Sankey. He is the commissioner of the SEC. And by the way, I would encourage everybody out there to go listen to our long-form conversation that we had this past summer about how you end up being the commissioner of a conference. And by the way, Greg, I know you never would have hoped this, but I tweeted out that you were joining, and I usually don't go into my mentions, but I happened to do it. And the very first response is, ask him how the SEC can have such absolutely terrible officiating. And I want to say this right off the top. You probably never would have believed that you would long for the days when you got to go on and talk about officiating errors as opposed to coming on to talk about pandemics. I have uh, I've observed that I long for the days of those complaints because that means we're, we're doing what we do and compete. Um, I will note for that insightful uh, user of social media, uh, we, we have a transition in our football officiating leadership and in our men's basketball officiating leadership. So part of that's working to get better, which we do every day. Uh, all right, uh, Greg Sankey, you can follow him at on Twitter, at Greg Sankey, and I can't even imagine what your mentions have been like uh, as this process played itself out since 
honestly, you were in Nashville and pulled uh, players off the basketball court effectively in the middle of the SEC basketball tournament. Um, and ever since then, it's been a, uh, a situation where you don't really know from one moment to the next what to expect. So I want to start with, uh, with this question for you. Um, right now, so far, I believe you have two out-of-conference games that have been impacted by decisions made by the Big Ten. There were no games between the SEC and the Big Ten, but then by uh, Southern Cal uh, and, uh, and Colorado as a part of the Big, Big 12 – Uh, Sorry, the Pac-12 decision not to play only conference games. Alabama was going to play SC, and I think A&M was going to play Colorado. Do you expect for those two schools to replace those opponents? Are they working on that right now? The expectation, um, I'm always careful about that word in this environment, which you can imagine, but the opportunities will be there. Uh, We're not alone in having... Uh, lost non-conference games because of other conference decisions. And so all of these other football programs that have lost opportunities are now looking for games as well. So the good news is, even though we've had those two that have slipped away, there will be opportunities for both Alabama and A&M to, to find other opponents should they, should they move down that pathway. Uh, do you think they will announce that uh, as, as replacing opponents, or is that something that wouldn't be announced until into August? And the reason why I ask is, obviously, Alabama-USC was going to be a huge game that was taking place, I believe, in Dallas at a neutral site. But there are now a lot of teams that are desperate to replace the non-conference uh, games that they may have had scheduled against the Pac-12 and, uh, and against the Big Ten. So if Alabama wanted to add a team potentially to come to Tuscaloosa and play them there's a market out there of a lot of teams that would want to get that game I would imagine and the same thing is true for Texas A&M in the wake of their their game against Colorado being canceled yeah that's true and I'll be honest I have not I've visited with several with both athletics directors on several occasions in fact we had an in-person meeting all day Monday for the first time since March and so we've talked about the, the interest and opportunities. I've not, Clay, asked them, uh, when will you make this decision and, and when might that be announced? So uh, the, the, the honest, direct answer is I don't know when they'll make the decision and I don't know when they'll announce, but I'm certain if they do make that uh, additional game happen that we'll hear about it in the right time frame. Uh, what was it like to actually get to meet all of your athletic directors in person? It was nice. You know, uh, I reminded them that when we had last met, it was on a Wednesday in Nashville, and we had provided them with a press release that essentially said, for fans not comfortable attending, we'll just give you your money back, no questions asked, at our basketball tournament. And they weren't quite quite ready on that Wednesday morning to say that's the right way to go. And the idea was kind of like voluntary social distancing. If you're not comfortable attending – and then we'll work with you to make it right. And then that day just spun in a whole different direction. So by about 3 o'clock, like that press release was in the background and we were in a whole different world. And so uh, I reminded them of that, which is a really good illustration of how information has changed uh, so quickly and even within a particular day. And uh, a lot of space between people, a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, you know face mask coverings and hand sanitizer around, but uh, really good conversation. I think we're, we're all a little bit tired of Zoom, and so to be in a 
be in a room and have people talk over each other a little bit is, is really a healthy thing. Uh, what can you tell me about testing numbers for SEC athletes? It seems like a lot of times we only hear negatives, right? LSU seem to have an issue. Uh, certainly we've heard about Ohio State or we've heard about Clemson, different places that have had to shut down as a result. How are the numbers looking at the SEC among your athletes now that most of them, I believe, have been back on campus for over a month now? Yeah, so just a few elements. One, uh, testing happened uh, at most places upon return and then uh, most others, in fact, I think all others shortly thereafter. And part of that is the, the, the testing decisions, availability, turnaround. And uh, our, our universities have not, in a majority, released uh, all their numbers. So you can understand I'm not going to do that. But it's important that people understand the numbers. We brought people back and had positive tests among our student-athletes. They had care. They had oversight. They had the kind of support. And then um, we had uh, young people that had to go through the learning experience that college today and moving forward this fall doesn't appear that it will be like college when you were at George Washington, right? You know, the, the, the gatherings and the way you interact have impact. So you had a lot of isolations, not positive tests, but isolations. And now um, I, when I'm done here, we'll jump on a, a call with our medical group. Last week, our numbers are way down in the in the low single digits to zero. Um, one of my presidents this week said, hey, uh, I'm comfortable that we can support and, and oversee and keep people healthy. And part of what's had to happen is the education about how you conduct yourself uh, on your own time. Have juniors and seniors on teams had to kind of corral the, the freshmen and sophomores and say, hey, knuckleheads, if we want to have a season, you guys got to stay out of parties, you got to stay out of bars, you got to do things different than maybe, like you just mentioned, a typical college kid might have done it when you or I or a lot of the people listening to us might have been college kids. Couple answers to that. I asked that question when, after one of those, you know, sources say this number uh, had this issue or this number of isolations, and, and I just asked who it was. And and before I allowed the answer, I said, "Are the juniors and seniors who are are, are ready to play, ready to have this opportunity, educating young people?" So it's not a broad brush. I think generally there is some truth to that. That the wisdom of a few years of age um, has indeed been helpful. And uh, everyone's had to adjust. And, you know, you come back and you're back home. And, and that's the word that I've heard used by, by student athletes. You're back home on campus and you have to think in a different way. And I, we, we've all had that. Even at our AD meeting, you realize, wow, the first time in a meeting room, we're going to have to function a bit differently than we would have six months ago. You said, I think, I know you don't want to get into specifics, but you said potentially single digit positive cases across the sec meaning at least on your campuses the numbers are moving in a positive direction among student athletes as opposed to in a negative direction yeah yeah that's correct and down down to down to zero and uh our our programs are you know obligated to report locally and through their health officials and they do that appropriately and uh there there has been a learning in fact that comment has been there repeatedly and and part of what i expect will happen upon return to campus is a lot more information spread even more broadly about behavioral changes that have to take place because of 
uh, the virus that is around us. Do you think that your athletes are safer on campus than they would be if they were at home uh, in wherever they live right now? And that's one of those judgment conversations that we spent spent a lot of time on in, in April and May. In fact, Clay, when we shut down uh, back in March, it's because there were so many unknowns. And then we had to think about what that meant for young people. We, we disrupted the foundation of their lives, their rhythm, their opportunities. We continued with support to the extent that was possible from a distance. And then as we headed back to May, we took time, rather than bring them back June 1st, brought them back June 8th, but part of the reality was we had gyms opening up all around the country. And I was on a Zoom call with a student athlete who had gone to two different gyms uh, on the same day for two different workouts. And he's a smart guy, but, you know, you don't know the gym. You don't know who's overseeing that. You don't know the, the, the hygiene policies of that facility. In our athletic programs, you have embedded medical professionals that, that do this on a daily basis. They, they, they look out for the health and well-being of our young people. They all had uh, hygiene and sanitization plans. Uh, they work in the small groups. They, they follow every one of the guidelines that you could, you could uh, imagine. They have long policies. And uh, it, it has worked well to point um, to date. And, and they've, they've met the expectations of, of managing themselves. And it's been a bit of a learning experience for everyone. But it, it has gone, by all accounts shared with me, uh, in the way we had hoped. All right, I'm going to hit you with, uh, with a couple of facts that are going on in the larger community of sports. Major League Baseball is coming back next week. Uh, the NBA and the NHL are coming back the week after. I believe today in the state of Tennessee, there are going to be potentially 30,000 fans watching an event in Bristol. Uh, MLB, NHL, NBA, MLS, PGA, WNBA, UFC, NWSL, the PBA, boxing, NASCAR, and the NFL are all planning to be back in some form or fashion by August 1st if they haven't already returned. If all of those sports can play, why can't college football? Well, that's a question, and it actually informs the message that I've communicated repeatedly that I think we need to be patient in our decision-making, and we will. In fact, uh, back in April, a biostatistician with whom I visited said, look, if you can uh, wait as long as possible to make major decisions, uh, you're going to have better information. And Clay, actually, I have a list of probably not all of those events, but the Bristol event tonight I think is an important step. Major League Baseball, who will move people around uh they're not in a bubble uh they're going to move their umpires around uh that's an important uh really set of information for us and we've visited with people from those leagues and we'll continue to do so the start of nfl training camp is an important opportunity for us to view football practice taking place and we've got time before our practices are scheduled to adjust uh so all of that's important information that will inform the decision and the ability to answer the question of why can't, you know, that's out there. But our, 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 our programs are on campuses, uh, they're, they're high density areas, and so the ability to manage that full, uh, that, that full environment is really important. Uh, travel is going to be much different. Um, and we don't just have one team. So the luxury of baseball and, and football at the professional level and soccer is they have one sport, one set of athletes. Uh, 
we have between 20 and 25 sports and uh, hundreds uh, of, of young people involved. And we want to make sure uh, that we're able to do this safely. And uh, I don't know what will happen this fall yet. We, I've, I've been vocal. We need to see um, some positive news and, and continue to see positive news and hopefully see that rapidly. You talk about late July. When do schools have to, in terms of making decisions about, say, football, when do schools have to notify their students about whether students will be back on campus? Uh, and what date, I'm sure you've got this on your calendar in some way, what date is the first day that students would be returning to Southeastern Conference schools? Students have been returning all spring. Uh, again, you go back to college experiences, and that's a place where people wanted to be. Now, they may not have been in classes, but they've been either on or around campus. We have some in-person classes taking place during the summer. When you look to the fall semester, first day of classes is August 17th from all of our schools. So we have a range from uh, last check, which was Friday, August 17th, through the 31st of first day of classes. And you probably heard a lot of kind of a compressed fall schedule, ability to adapt and being ready to adapt based on what happens from a health standpoint. But students will come back well before that first day of classes. Uh, there may be social uh, opportunities, fraternity, sororities, or preparation, move-in. The move-in dates may have been spread longer. So that activity will begin in late July, early August relative to, to students returning. Could you play with, let's say that they do like, hey, we're going to do online learning for the first month, right? Like, uh, who knows? Because every different local school district is making different decisions. Could you play sports, football in particular, without students on campus? Well, students are going to be on and around campus, it appears, no matter what. That's yeah. just reality. What, what I have observed is our universities have to be back in operation, and and the, the, the debate would be, well, what form does that take and when is it appropriate to continue playing athletics? Because there may be other decisions associated with, uh, with expanded distance learning. Distance learning. If you, if, if, again, if you roll the tape back, what I've never said is, you know, all the students have to be back on campus. Others have made that observation. I think it's, it's, it's a bit overly broad, and that's probably been acknowledged because – you know, the fall semester, in fact, higher education moving forward, I expect will look different than it did even last year or certainly 10 or 20 years ago. It's just uh, a different world for a number of reasons. The, the, the virus has accelerated some of this transition and change. Do all five conferences need to have the same decision made about returning for college football? Or, for instance, right now, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have said, hey, we're not playing non-conference. The ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC, of which you're the commissioner, have made decisions that they're going to wait longer. Could it be a situation where one conference plays and one conference does not? One conference plays all games, another conference doesn't? How much unanimity of final decision do we need across the five conferences? I don't envision a total hodgepodge. So there are three of us who've been uh, in the last week communicating it for obvious reasons about uh, the importance of patience in our decision-making. And uh, right now I could envision different directions. Um, and, and that's part of waiting. That doesn't mean, Clay, it will happen. I've, I've said uh, with some frequency, if you look back to March, 
uh, we all made independent decisions and ended uh, at the same destination relative to our basketball tournament stopping. Now, there are a lot of factors for that, but you know, let's go back to where we started this conversation. We've lost two games, so the bulk of our non-conference games were with Big 12 and ACC members, others in the FBS, and those games are still intact, so it's an indication that we could do something different than others, but you would there would be a need to have uh, in my view, some participation of other conferences uh, to, to not all be in the same conference-only setting. Uh, you've got big rival games, South Carolina, Clemson, Louisville, Kentucky, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech, in particular with the SEC, I mean with the ACC. Uh, these are games that all college football fans love. They're in-state rivalry games. They also are pretty much all reachable by bus. Have you had particular conversations with the ACC about those games and a desire to preserve them, even if there might be non-conference changes otherwise? Sure. We At the end of last week, in fact, we, we have regular calls, but on one of those calls with uh, with my colleagues, I observed, now, those games, you know, I don't know why it's it's uh, better or worse. I guess one could take their own side of an evaluation for Georgia Tech to be on a bus and go up to Athens. You know, it's a non-conference game, but it seems one that that could happen, and you could could play that out for, through other circumstances of games that have been canceled. But for us, there are a set of proximal games. There, there's also games between our conference institutions that are a bit further, but we are going to have and have been working uh, for weeks and, and months with our medical teams to have common testing protocol, common oversight, common reporting, common isolation, so that we can have uh, healthy competition among non-conference teams. We're going to keep pursuing that with the idea that those games are important. Now, from a scheduling standpoint, depending on what happens, Clay, uh, you know, I don't know what happens with the ability and the flexibility within a schedule and the time that we may need uh, to play those games and still determine a conference champion. And, and I think what you saw out of some others is uh, the heavy emphasis on uh, creating space in their schedule so they could play conference games and determine a conference champion. Uh, we're not at that point, but, um, you know, that we have to be attentive to what realities may develop and guide our decision making. Uh, last question for you. Have you guys designed potential changes in the schedule? Do you have an eight team? Do you have a 10 team? You obviously have a 12 team schedule. Are there externalities that you're preparing for in the event you have to adjust? Yeah, let me just change one word because you were asking about teams. So I'm going to put it at game. So eight yeah. game. Yeah, sorry. Game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, an, an odd number of conference games doesn't make a lot of sense because then in addition to debating whether you change your schedule, you're debating who gets the extra home game, right? You with me? Yes. On that one? And so you're going to be at an even number if you have to go to that. And we've been working on those scenarios and date scenarios uh, for a long, long time. So you know, I saw a note that, you know, there's no plan. Well, there's been a plan in development ever since March. We've been working on, on what's next. The reality is, the circumstances around us change so rapidly that we're constantly having having to uh, adapt our plans and and imagine and consider what else might be out there for us. I, I might have bungled that a little bit, but so there's a possibility that you could play, let's say, a ten game SEC only schedule if necessary. Well, you can, you've seen the CFP debate, so I'm not going to give that one away, but we'll be prepared in certain directions. That would be included if we needed to and. 
when I corrected, you never correct the host, but I didn't want people <laughs> to think we're going to be removing teams from the conference. Yeah, that would that would be a hell of a headline. Uh, I know yeah, I said I know I said last question, but you talked over the weekend and said your nervousness level about whether or not the season would be played was high to very high. After meeting with your athletic directors, talking to co- school presidents and whatnot in the last several days, how would you assess your current read on the situation for college football, SEC in particular, being played this fall? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, again, correct the host. I use the word concern, so I'm, I'm trying not to be nervous in life. But th- there is concern, and we're dealing with an uncertainty. And, and the, one of the first things I said to the ADs is there's a really good book called Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke that just says, you know what, poker is a really good example of a game where you have to make decisions with incomplete information and you make the best judgments possible. And we're in a situation where we have in, incomplete information and the information you have doesn't tend to say people are paying attention and, and we're, 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 that we're having the right kind of trends. And you know what, I mean, you've been a part of it, right? It's all debatable. It's all changing. You're trying to figure out how to access and evaluate information. So in, in the environment we're in, yeah, that concern still exists. I'm, I'm really pleased with both our, our, our president's and chancellor's group, and I visited individually with each one over the weekend just to find out where, what they're thinking, what their direction is, what's happening on campus, and then with our ADs on Monday, uh, committed to patience. You know, it's like uh, a baseball analogy where we've been throwing a curveball. We didn't make great contact. It's a ground ball, but we still – we still need to run it out and see what happens. And so we're going to run this one out and see what happens. But health and safety of our participants, our student athletes, our coaches, uh, those around the game are going to be at the forefront of our thinking. I appreciate the time. I know how many different things you have going on right now. I apologize for bungling the past two questions. I'm glad you corrected me on it. <laughs> if, uh, if everybody gets mad at you, maybe you can be a Sports Talk Radio host one day. Well, that, that may be. If you, if I hear you have five jobs open, right? So maybe. Let's do. We do have five jobs open at OutKick, so you can go put your resume in. There you go. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Welcome back, Geico OutKick Studios. Eddie Garcia hit me fast. All right, news from the NFL, where the Cleveland Browns and defensive end Miles Garrett have reportedly agreed on a five-year contract extension worth $125 million. It'll be the highest-paid non-quarterback contract in league history. Kansas City Chiefs and star defensive tackle Chris Jones agree on a four-year $85 million extension. $60 million is guaranteed. Of course, today is the deadline to sign franchise players. 4 p.m. Eastern time is the deadline. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. I thought maybe the most interesting thing that uh, Commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, told us, and I went a little bit over so we have a short segment here for those of you listening but they don't release the positive test numbers but since athletes got back on campus the positive tests have declined substantially to single digits and approaching zero across across the conference which is pretty interesting in and of itself uh, when you think about the safety of players on campus they came to campus and had viruses that they didn't know necessarily they had. Some of them then also got it early when they arrived on campus, but the overall numbers have declined uh, across the board. So uh, that is a positive. Again, 30,000 people theoretically are showing up for a race in Bristol today. Uh, And uh, if you've got 30,000 people for a race in Bristol, 
I don't understand how you couldn't play a football game uh, between the University of Tennessee and Vanderbilt University, for instance, in the state of Tennessee without very many fans present in a couple of months. So anyway, much to still unpack and learn from. Encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Appreciate all of you spending your Wednesday morning with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 